Hello and welcome to the Healthcare Solutions Project, the podcast where we get to know health industry innovators who are working to improve cost, quality, and health outcomes and enhance patient and clinician satisfaction. I'm Don Siemens and today I'm talking with someone who I think is a true innovator in the area of medication management, Tom Rhodes. Tom, welcome to the program. Thank you, Don. A pleasure to be here. Great. So I was taking a look at your LinkedIn profile and found that you've been in healthcare for quite a while. How did you get into healthcare and why have you stayed? Yeah, it's hard to believe. Um, it's been 28 years now. I think it seems more uh, oftentimes like 28 days or in some sometimes a 280 years, but uh, <laughs> it is a, uh, it's been a, it's been a terrific journey. Um, you know, when I first looked at what kind of industry I was, I was interested in and uh, thought I might be able to provide, um, uh, you know, a viable long-term career within healthcare was really one of the first um, industries that I looked at. And I, I think it combines a, a really unique um, cause and perspective that's caring for our, our uh, population, our vulnerable population, and oftentimes, you know, our families and, um, and really saw an important role that technology could play in, in helping to uh, bring new innovation services and support to that uh, very critical mission that I think healthcare has. So, um, so that's what really drew me to the industry, and uh, I've, I've enjoyed every minute since. Well, I love working in the health industry, too, and I think in every corner of the industry, you find whether you're talking about care providers or executives or support staff or vendors, I find that it's personal for people. And you mentioned family. You started Spencer Health Solutions because of an experience your father had in an emergency room. Do you mind telling us that story? Certainly. Um, yeah, I'll start with saying that, you know, my at the time I was a, um, a CEO of a pharmacy automation company, Parada Systems. And, and <clears throat> this is uh, only relevant due to its irony later in the story. <laughs> Um, so we were at a family dinner and my dad, um, had a medical emergency. We rushed him to the hospital. This was, uh, of course at night and he is a very stoic man who has incredibly high tolerance for pain. So he was not very convincing to the ER staff that he needed to be seen over some of the other emerging cases. <clears throat> and so we sat and we sat for almost four hours where he, uh, gradually and, and, uh, spiraled to a really serious state. As it turned out, he had a um, an appendicitis, <clears throat> and that was uh, needed, obviously, immediate care, but because of his pain tolerance, we didn't realize it. Um, when we went back, the first thing that was asked of us is, what medications has he taken? Now, going back to my earlier point, being an executive at a, a pharmaceutical a pharmacy company, pharmacy automation company, you would think that I'd probably have that um, at the tip of my finger, and I didn't. Um, I had to race home, grab all of his medications, bring them back to the hospital, um, you know, costing us precious time. And then um, you have the staff go through those before they went into surgery. And the, and the, uh, uh, the reality of that um, and, and the irony uh, that someone of, uh, of being in the industry at almost 10 years at that point in time wouldn't have that, that kind of information at my fingertips for someone, you know, like my father was, um, you know, basically wasn't lost on me. So that really led me down there. There must be a better way to handle this. I'm certain we're certainly not the first family to deal with this. And, uh, you know, how do we really look at adherence in a more holistic way 
and how do we look at medication management um, and, and be able to better connect the consumer back to the healthcare system. So Spencer Health Solutions began with an idea for helping your father take the right medications at the right time. And your father obviously isn't the only person struggling to manage the medications. What would you say is the extent of that medication management challenge? Medication management um, is too often characterized as uh, forgetfulness. Mm. And so what you find is a lot of people think, you know, if, uh, if only we could help remind people to take the medication. Medication, um, that would solve the problem. And, and it's been a problem forever. And there's a lot of different numbers out there, 390 billion a year, you know, um, just in the U.S., et cetera. Uh, I think it's actually a very, very pervasive issue. It's a very, very costly issue, far costlier than any, any of the numbers that people are throwing out there. But it's also a very complex issue. Um, you could be non-adherent due to forgetfulness, uh, but also, um, you know, uh, change of medication, a uh, different color pill when going from a brand to a generic or a generic to a generic. Uh, it could be cost. It could be a side effect that's affecting you. could be that you feel like you're, be- you're doing better. Mm-hmm. And you know what? People don't characterize as being patients. And I think that's one thing in the healthcare system that's often lost is, and we felt and saw firsthand when we were doing formative studies with Spencer is that people continue to say, look, I do not identify as a patient. I know the healthcare system sees me that way. Uh, but when I get out of the hospital, I'm back to being, you know, Tom. And, you know, I don't introduce myself as, hey, I'm Tom. I'm a type 2 diabetic and, you know, da, 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 da. Right. So, so I, think, uh, I think all those different aspects, social determinants and things of that nature feed into this adherence dilemma and that's a uh, that's something that we've you know, embarked to uh, to address and, and try to have a more of a holistic approach to um, to solving for that I, I think that sounds fantastic I'm interested as a marketing guy why did you come up with the name Spencer you know I'd be embarrassed to tell you some of our early names um, <laughs> <laughs> we had we had quite a few we went through uh, thankfully, we, we used uh, user groups and uh, um, other market insights to help us here. But uh, Spencer, uh, the first and foremost, we were really looking for a name um, that would allow technology to be personified. So mm-hmm. give it a warm, approachable feeling, mm-hmm. and, uh, but would identifiable across multiple languages and cultures. And so when you start adding all those uh, requirements, it becomes really hard to come up with a name. And so we had really terrible options uh, <laughs> that we put on the table. <laughs> and uh, uh, Spencer was um, was really emanated from Dispenser. Uh-huh. And so um, we kind of took off the disc and we're left with Spencer. And, and it's a name that is, uh, from an etymology standpoint, is Keeper of Provisions. And so it seemed to fit very well with what we were doing uh, from a medication and management standpoint. And it also um, doesn't mean anything um, largely different in different languages. So, uh, so, and people identified with it. So I think we, we hit it on the head after a long process um, by having a technology that's, uh, that's easily identifiable, feels like a friend, someone there to help mm-hmm. you uh, along your health journey. And um and we certainly seen that with our with our customer feedback over the years. Well, having gone through many naming 
exercises. It really doesn't matter what kind of terrible names you had before, as long as you get the right one. So it sounds like That's right. uh, it sounds like you got the right one. Okay. Thank you. I have a question about just the usefulness of this. Now, there are all sorts of low-tech pill boxes that help people take the right medications. How does Spencer add value to the equation for people who who need it? Definitely. Sure. So, um, so Spencer, maybe just to give a, a quick synopsis of what we do, uh, was founded on the premise that, as, as we just discussed, the complexity of adherence and addressing kind of all, all aspects of that. Yeah. It was founded on the premise that if I could simplify the med management for uh, high-risk polychronic patients or clinical trial participants, that um, it would allow me an opportunity to engage with that individual in their home um, across a multitude of, uh, of engagement points, whether that would be questions and answers, surveys, um, videos educating them on how to maybe give themselves an injection or the side effects of a particular pill, um, uh, connect them back to, from a care coordination standpoint to the pharmacy, their physician, or the clinical site, and, um, and passively aggregate a lot of other data that would help those, uh, those groups better assess how those individuals are doing, but also share that data with the individual and their families, uh, with the patient and their families, so they can see how they're doing. So everyone has kind of a, a role and some insight into the platform. And so that, in fact, probably answers your question. But I think the, as we see technology, um, probably the best example was, you know, back especially with you and I, given we're, we were born in the same decade. Yeah. Um, when cell phones first came out, a cell phone was a phone, and that was it. And, and then we had these PDAs, these personal, personal digital assistants mm -hmm. that would handle our calendar and our contacts and things of that nature. And we kept, you know, everyone that looked at them said at some point these have to marry, these have to merge. Right. And, and so technology demands that. I think consumers demand that. And with Spencer, um, to address the complexity of adherence, we needed to bring together a multitude of technologies um, that would be acceptable in a home environment, would not make a person feel like a patient in their home because that's mm -hmm. not how they're identifying themselves, and, uh, and do it in a way that was largely passive, but that would give them a great deal of information as well to see how they're doing. And I think that's, uh, that's where we hit the mark. So to just dispense, not enough. To just do a telehealth, not enough. Mm -hmm. you, you have to combine those pieces. Um, AARP did a survey about two and a half years ago, and the caregivers uh, said, came back. They said, uh, first and foremost, they're, they're considered the chief of staff. Of the of the patient of the so I would be mm. I should be correctly it'd be my sister would be the chief of staff of my father mm -hmm. uh, she's the one who's probably managing him on a day to day week to week basis the um, <clears throat> but what they what they said I thought was so intriguing is they they said they they need um, an aggregated view of information and they uh, they wish that healthcare would begin to aggregate the technology they're asking them to use to help manage those individuals. Uh, and their loved ones, because that that was a uh, becoming overwhelming for them. Mm -hmm. So Spencer is an, uh, is a convergence strategy to bring a lot of different complex technologies into one simplified use form. So it it adds value to patients and their families. I, I'm guessing it also adds value to payers and providers. How does it do that? 
Yeah, so if you think about um, the in technology terms and in healthcare terms, um, you know, the golden goose is how do you manage someone from home, um, you know, ongoing and um, inexpensively. So the challenge you have is patients present when they're sick. And so you have a situation where someone's already begun to succumb to their disease or disease state, and, and oftentimes it's an emergent situation, which is where a lot of the cost comes from. Right. So to be, to be in a position where you can manage someone the 360 days a year, they're not in front of their physician or in the hospital, um, and do that in a meaningful manner that they accept as a patient or a person at home, as well as the healthcare, uh, you know, recognizes and can analyze and look at the data and have meaningful exchanges with, I think that's where the value proposition. So it's the intersection of um, health and home and allows a really a direct to patient platform uh, to do that. But if the platform isn't built for the patient and from the patient back to the healthcare side, um, I would suggest you're, you're probably not going to be successful with that because, mm. uh, you know, they, they, you need longevity. You need people to use tech for very, very long periods of time, obviously, ideally the rest of their lives. And, um, and so that was really our thesis is that simplify the med management. That's something they're going to routinely do on a daily basis and then couple that with the engagement aspect so that you can gather that relevant information for payers and providers. Mm, okay. I'm guessing that this is not a direct-to-consumer kind of a solution, right? It's how do you get these dispensers into the hands of the people who need it the most? Yeah, it's so our model is not direct-to-consumer. What you'll find is some of the med management uh, just dispensing uh, pieces are, mm. um, but they're they're relatively disconnected. You know, we we have full integration into pharmacy and. Uh, healthcare systems, providers, and uh, pharmacists, of course. And and so um, where we typically work either through our partners um, or direct is with uh, payers and providers directly. And so we'll do that on our what we call the care management market. Um, and what that allows for is a, a quick alignment of, um, of objectives and goals, and um, and they'll identify those patients that they feel could benefit most from technology. And then in exchange of that, we get the value uh, associated with those individuals <clears throat> um, through the payers and, and their providers. So there's, it's, it's probably the first steps towards value-based care, but there's a lot of, frankly, fee-for-service mechanisms in place mm. that allow, allow them to use uh, use those those payment um, forms to to ensure that that all parties are compensated fairly but uh yeah so we'll we'll work directly with payers on a population level mm. um, and or providers if they're struggling with readmissions or certain populations um, you know you might have behavioral health you know depression's a good example you could have a transition of care on organ transplants or multiple sclerosis or other cns diseases um you know gi issues so it's it's those transition points that people are most vulnerable um and and often become um you know a good starting point for a long-term relationship uh with those individuals in, in doing some research for this interview your team told me that you've been in home with patients for two and a half years. As you've developed the solution, right. um, 
what kind of feedback are you getting from users? Yeah, users um, have been um, very, very forthcoming with their feedback, and we've we've been fortunate to be able to listen to them and, and frankly, react to their feedback. Um, we spent a great deal of time, I would argue, probably an extra 18 months mm. gathering feedback um, through formative FDA formative studies and IRBs um, with users prior to officially launching the product. And it was expensive, <laughs> time-consuming, yeah. and it was uh, probably the best thing we could have done uh, to ensure that as we went to broader markets that in broader populations that we would be in a very strong position to support those and that we, uh, we wouldn't be um, asking them to kind of make do while we tried to, you know, tried to improve the platform. One of the challenges you have with hardware, uh, so we obviously have a piece of technology, technology touchstone in the home, Spencer, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> is that unlike software, where I think minimum viable product has has become a you know uh, a, a big term, key term of the agile development community, um, where you'll iterate quickly with software and continue to push updates out. Uh, once you launch a product and you, you sell that and you push that product into the home, it's very hard. If it's minimum, uh, you're going to minimum expectations associated with it and probably minimum success with it. So you have to put out there something that's been uh, thought about and, and aligns with your three, four, five-year strategy so that, that that piece of technology can uh, uh, continue to support where you're going with your roadmap. And so I think the uh, the feedback we've gotten has been, frankly, tremendous. Um, it's been very easy to use, um, but you know the, the path to get to that feedback. Uh, and these are, you know, in our early stages, our average age was about 71 years old user. Mm -hmm. So you have people that typically aren't identifying to use technology, uh, don't really like technology, and uh, you know have a natural fear of it. And so to engage them and and continue to, um, you know, get a, a high uh, net promoter score out of that population. And um, is is really, uh, I think, a testament to the team's work to to understand their issues. Um, when we first did our UI um, user interface for the device, uh, we were very very excited. It would have you would have recognized it immediately as something that looked like a mobile app uh, or a mobile phone where you can swipe. Users uh, simply could not interact with it consistently, and they didn't understand the swiping mechanisms, et cetera. We just scrapped the entire UI and start over. Wow. So uh, had we done that post-launch, it would have been disastrous. Mm. Uh, so we did that. We learned that on the front end and then implemented it prior to launch. Uh, um, door mechanism, uh, we have a lifting door uh, that auto, auto opens. Mm. And um, we found during our formative studies that, that the door, uh, when you just pushed it to where it pops open, uh, a lot of people, you know, uh, could not. Um, determine where that push point was, might have had rheumatoid arthritis and couldn't actually enable it from a, from a force required. So there was a lot of aspects of it that, uh, uh, that we learned that we had to uh, go to a lift door. Mm -hmm. By doing that, we, we got a, a whole bunch of other benefits uh, long-term, not the least of which has made it a lot easier uh, for people to, uh, to interact with the technology. Uh, I think one of the, uh, the most proud moments for me as it relates to feedback, was the uh, we received um, uh, a letter 
from one of our patients who um, had early early onset Alzheimer's. Uh, it was undiagnosed at the time, mm. and as it was, um, um, she was going through one of our formative studies right before we launched, and we realized in the formative study that there might have been some cognitive impact or decline. Um, her daughter uh, wanted to put her into a home, and she was very, very, as you can imagine, anyone would be upset about that track. And so um, the biggest worry they had was actually med management. So the irony that she was participating in a, uh, a pilot for Spencer, managing her meds and engagement with her pharmacist and doc, um, and then that was a singular issue uh, for her daughter and physician, um, was was not lost on us. So we, um, the physician and the daughter came to the conclusion with the mother and based on her assessment that she could uh, remain in the home as long as they could continue to monitor her with Spencer. And so a year later, we received a letter from her and it basically said, you know, to think at the end of my life, um, you know, that I would be able to rely on a piece of technology to um, allow me to age with grace at home is, um, is truly a gift. And so, when you hear that kind of feedback, it, it became kind of a battle cry for us that, for sure. that, you know, it is our mission to allow people to age with grace at home. And uh, whether it's my dad or, or uh, you know, this, uh, this strong woman um, or many of the other people we're privileged to serve. Yeah, those, those are the reasons why we keep going, isn't it? It is, indeed. You mentioned your father. Has your father been involved in the testing of it? He he actually was a, uh, a user for many years. I unfortunately about a year ago I lost my dad to cancer. Oh, sorry, um, he uh, yeah he was uh, just an unbelievable uh, man and and had a terrific legacy, one of love and family. And um, I'd be dismissed uh, or I'd be remiss not to mention he was uh, a former member of the 1966 national championship football team at uh, Notre Dame under Eric Barsegian, starter for wow. them. So he, uh, and I think um, if, you know, if I didn't think it, it would scream of bias, uh, my mom would probably <laughs> is the, uh, uh, the greatest advocate of Spencer uh, because during that period of time when he grew, again, managing all of his medications, which were eight plus chemotherapy medication, mm-hmm. Um, and to be able to handle all of that through Spencer, the different titration schedules, et cetera. And she did not have to worry about a thing. She got the, you know, the uh, cartridge, as we call it, the medication cartridge from the pharmacy, dropped it in, and it handled 100% of that. Asked questions, um, you know, measured, measured his uh, state of nausea and all the other things. He, uh, you know, he had a, I think, a great, uh, as good of ending as you could have, um, as relate to relates to at least alleviating the stress of of that because you know they he was stressed that my mom was stressed so uh, so the fact that that was a uh, one less thing to have to worry about was was very uh, important. Well, I appreciate you sharing that with us. How would you say that your solution has helped achieve what we all want out of healthcare: lower costs and higher quality and higher patient satisfaction. I think you, you've mentioned a lot of those things already, but maybe just maybe roll it all up into a paragraph. 
Yeah, Spencer um, is is again it's a, it's a direct to patient platform. So it's it's a piece of technology that is asked for an invitation to be a guest, possibly hopefully a permanent guest in an individual's home um, with a singular goal of helping people along their health journey. And uh, it does that by managing some of the more complex tasks, um, med management, um, telehealth, the biometric scanning, you know, heart, heart rate and blood pressure and scale and things of that nature, a lot of the other wearables coming out. And uh, probably most importantly, the uh, care coordination back to your pharmacy as well as your physicians. And, um, and then our other side of our business are the clinical sites if you're actually in a trial. So I think, you know, you almost think of Spencer as a uh, patient advocate and, and an individual or, or a, a platform that will um, help properly assess your um, health factors and, and your health status and allow you as well as your family and your care team to appropriately react to that. I think that's the, uh, that's the thing that I think we've done well is is we started with a patient and uh, trying to understand their needs. Then we look deeply at the person and trying to understand that environment. Mm-hmm. And then uh, their, their willingness and ability and desire to interact with technology. I think what we find is that they're, they're probably more honest to Spencer than they would be anybody else mm-hmm. um, for a lot of different reasons. Mm-hmm. We see often that, you know, Spencer will ask as an example, a question about um, your mood. And, you know, so you look at over the course of six, 12 months, you'll, you'll see, you know, obviously variations in mood and we see those and, um, and it, it helps better inform physicians because they can mirror those back and, and mark those against when they started taking maybe new dosages of drugs and things like that. So it's giving a kind of an unprecedented view into what goes on. Um, you know, all the time that they're out of the healthcare system, which is the majority of the time. So, um, so I think that's where we've, we've, uh, you know, hit the mark is, is by starting with a patient, understanding them, um, continuing to ask and get feedback as we even do today and, uh, making sure that we're, you know, continuing to, uh, walk along their journey. Tom, you've been in healthcare for going on 30 years. And you've seen a lot. You've uh, you've worked with a, a lot of organizations. What is maybe your proudest moment, or maybe your most memorable experience that you've had over these few years? Oh, that is a uh, that's a big question. Um, you know, for me, I think it's been probably um, looking back on my journey, and I think the thing that I'm probably most proud of is something my mentor told me in my first, I think first month in management. <laughs> and, and what they said was, uh, you know, it's a long, long journey. It's a marathon. We've all heard that. Um, and how you run it is really important. And if you, if you can look past the, what seems to be the sprint portions, you'll, uh, you'll find that um, you're going to want to, learn along this journey and pay a lot of attention to those you're serving and and don't you know don't chase anything other than you know the education and the opportunity to grow and so what uh what that translated into i think is a is a career that uh 
that I've spent a lot of time trying to focus on, you know, healthcare, but also technology. And, and seeing the different things that we've, me and the team have been able to provide and, um, you know, participate in over the years, <clears throat> whether that be, you know, um, some of the first web-based, um, you know, kit management in the healthcare side for operating rooms back in the 90s mm. or mid-90s to, um, you know, to pharmacy automation, you know, Parada now, <clears throat> probably with the uh, recent combination, is probably doing almost 20% of all the scripts in the United States go through a Parada machine. Mm. Uh, that was a startup, you know, so that very proud, proud to think that, you know, yeah, 800 sure. million prescriptions a year are flowing through, you know, what what used to be a bar napkin. And uh, <laughs> and then Spencer, I think, I think Spencer is really a culmination of, uh, uh, of, of that experience and, and those relationships and, um, and then applying a lot of learnings. But, you know, for us, we've, you know, that probably the very first unit to go in, um, into a home and then, and then the feedback that this is very, very helpful. This is, this is doing what I expected to do. And I'm glad it's here. There's nothing like it. It's a, I think it's kind of like having your first child. It's, uh, (laughs) it's just a, one of your proudest moments. You know, one of the reasons I started the Healthcare Solutions Project is to talk to people like you who have great ideas and are are getting those ideas into the market and and we're looking for market-based solutions. I'm a firm believer that with all that's wrong with healthcare, there's really no silver bullet that is going to, you know, take care of it. But I will ask you this question. If you could wave a magic wand and change something about healthcare today, what would that be? Well, that's a that's a good question. Um, you know, I I think health as it has been defined has been a largely reactive practice, uh, mm. meaning that we have seen um, we present ourselves after we're sick, and we um, you know we go through the institutional process to get better, and uh, in some cases that might be a simple. Um, primary care physician visit where she'll give you a you know prescription to deal with your 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 cold or flu or or um, any other ailment to to a very very complex you know um, orphan disease where it takes a lot of the resources of the healthcare system to address um, that will that will continue to be needed but I think when we look at the vast majority of the cost associated with healthcare. Uh, there was an economic study they looked at that looked at the U.S. Um, compared to all other nations, and we're, we're pretty quick to, um, you know, blasphemy the U.S. on the healthcare system and the costs associated with it. But if you look at it, for the first, you know, 55, 60 years, we do pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, we're about about, you know, as efficient as many other countries out there. Certainly, all the first world countries. Um, it's at that point, though, that's that inflection point where we go off the chart. And what what is happening is a lot of the, you know, wellness initiatives that aren't in place and aren't compensated for and aren't incentivized and things of that nature, they kind of add up. And suddenly you have multiple chronic diseases, you have multiple medications, you have uh, lifestyle choices you've made over the years and decades that have become habits and and it's it's way too late to address because the d- diseases have manifested themselves like cardiovascular and diabetes and the host of others. 
So I think magic wand would be to really uh, begin a, a more concerted focus effort um, and, and, you know, monetary presence associated with uh, teaching people, you know, uh, the uh, the benefits of wellness and mm-hmm. um, and how to better manage and the implications for or some lifestyle choices sooner rather than later um, and minimally start with those near sick individuals <clears throat> they're probably in their 50s and starting got their first chronic disease and you know and we we need to do everything we can to keep them from sliding down the slippery slope so it's a big magic wand, probably not an easy solution, but I think uh, I think it's things like technology that can begin to engage people in meaningful ways, and we see it. We see it today with some of the wearables out there, right? I mean, they're, right. people are counting steps. The fact that they're talking about that sort of thing and thinking about exercise in a different way, um, and I think that's where technology is demonstrating it can it can play a meaningful long-term role in maybe changing behavior. Well, I think it's happening not only from a technological standpoint, but also from a policy standpoint, too. So uh, yep. a lot of talk about social determinants, and I think that's that's heading in the right direction. So just to maybe round this up, what difference do you hope to make personally as you finish up your career? You've, you've probably got 10, 15 years left to go, right? Oh, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Depends how all this goes. Yeah, you know, when you, when you step out into the... Uh, when you admit to a you know a small group that you're an entrepreneur, <laughs> it's a it's a long long journey. It's a, it's a roller coaster to say the least, and you you don't necessarily know where the end is because you're oftentimes building the track as you're going. But, That's right. Um, you know, I think for me, um, I did I continue to obviously add whatever value I can in the healthcare sphere as in, in you by using technology. I think that's, uh, I'll certainly stay in that, uh, that sphere. Um, I think our customers said it best. Um, and, and it's certainly become my mantra, but you know, if I can do one thing, I would, I would like to think I can, um, uh, through the different, uh, platforms that, that we'll work on, um, but allow people to age with grace at home. I think it's, um, I think it's a an admirable goal for all of us. <clears throat> I think it keeps our eyes on on the uh, the most important aspect of what we're doing, which is trying to give people a, a better better life, maybe compress morbidity a bit, and allow them a few more good years, and uh, allow them to spend time with their loved ones because they've earned it. So that would be my my singular focus. I love that. That's a great answer. Well, Tom, it's been a pleasure. And I want to thank you not only for taking the time to do this, but also for all you're doing to improve the health of patients. And I want to encourage our listeners to subscribe to the Spencer Health Solutions podcast, which is called People Always, Patients Sometimes. And uh, to, to connect with Tom, go to Twitter. You can find him at Tom P. Rhodes one And to learn more about Spencer Health Solutions, you can go to SpencerHealthSolutions.com. 